Welcome back to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Star Wars The Bad Batch. It's interesting. A bounty hunter of Fennec's caliber after you? You fellas must be pretty valuable. Yo, what's up, troopers, and welcome back to Watch Club. My name is CT0831, but you can call me Hugs. This is our Watch Club for Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 5, titled Rampage. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode, be sure to do so and then come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Now, before we get tricked into babysitting a Rancor, let me introduce you to our experimental crew of ragtag troopers. First up, he's taller than most Jawas, smaller than most of Jabba, and just as entertaining as Jar Jar, he's CT1231, also known as Idit. What's up, my moochie cakes? Oh, I'll be your moochie cake. Let's go. Uh, and rounding out our battalion, uh, we have the dopest, dankest dude on Dagobah, CT1006, but you can call him Joints. What's up? What's up? Imagine if that's what, if that made it to the Star Wars world, like you just get a bunch of troopers just one day. Oh, one of them's gonna, yeah, yeah, one of them's going to crack that joke and everyone's going to laugh and you know it'll right? be a timeless thing. Yeah, and then we get we get Yoda involved and it's like, up is what? Uh. <laughs> I don't know if that would work. Uh, how are you troopers doing this fine evening? Doing well. Doing good? Yeah. Yeah. Doing yeah. Good. Very cool. Yeah. I'm excited to discuss all things Bad Batch with you, Batches, for this episode. But before we dive in, uh, I want to get your high-level thoughts on this episode. Uh, Justin, let's start with you this time. Yeah, I don't know if this episode was going to be the most memorable episode of this season. This felt very passive. It was, you know, the typical go here and I will give you information if you achieve this mission. That's what this episode sure. was. And again, we, we I kind of repeat this throughout all of these watch clubs. It's more or less what to expect from the series or this type of series, if you will. I don't know. It wasn't fantastic. I, I definitely enjoyed last week's episode more so than this one. Really? Okay, cool. Darcy? Uh, I I think I enjoyed this episode a bit more than Justin, it seems. I thought it was a, a very fun episode, you know, a, a filler, like we've been talking about for the last few episodes, of course. But this one, I, I was more upbeat to me and it had, it just I, I enjoyed the little adventure they went on. Yeah. Uh, it was because yeah. we also... Yeah, it was neat because you got to see, uh, like, again, another glimpse of early Empire stuff happening. Again, with the mention of slavery and, you know, Kashyyyk being enslaved as an entire planet. So, you know, it's clear that this is, again, a different world than the Republic mm -hmm. that we knew from the Clone Wars. So it's, it's, right. it's cool that they're just dropping those little things to remind us of that throughout the series. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Those those things I appreciated 100% for sure. Uh, but I just felt like, yeah, like to the point of where you're saying like, yeah, the adventure was fun and, and I, I could probably say that, but like, I just, is it really going to be one of those more memorable episodes? I think, you know, factoring in Moochie into that is really what's going to make this memorable and, and mm -hmm. seeing Bib yeah, Fortuna 100%. and stuff. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll obviously get into that. I think, you know, this was another adventure of the week episode, but, um, yes. but it does a good job of, of giving us more connections between the prequels and the original trilogy. Um, I think it also stayed pretty balanced in terms of, 
Um, it you know it pushed the forward uh, the plot forward a little bit, um, but at least it was like just a singular story. It was simple. They didn't have to jump around uh, to different characters too much. Um, and yeah, it was just an effective side mission. Um, but it you know what it, it, to me it still felt like something new, something we haven't really seen before, especially once we start getting into, uh, you know, the fact that it's a rescue mission uh, involving a Rancor. Um, so, I, you know, we'll, we'll kind of talk about that. But um, but yeah, but like, why don't we just dive right in? Does it sound good? Sounds good. Yep. All right, let's go. Uh, so we start this episode with Omega receiving Crosshair's comm device uh, as she is further established as one of the crew. Uh, while on their way to Ord Mantel, Echo tells the group that he knows of an informant uh, named Sid who might be able to help them identify the bounty hunter who attempted to steal Omega in the previous episode. Uh, once they've landed, they enter a sketchy-looking cantina where they ask around and are unable to locate Sid. Uh, but just as about the, you know, just as they're about to give up, Omega just somehow immediately identifies Sid. Uh, she brings them to her office, uh, where she mentions she used to work for the Jedi, uh, who valued her insights. Uh, but now that they're all dead, her informant business is suffering. So after Echo shows her a hologram of the attacker they encountered on Pantora, Sid mentions that while she doesn't know who she is, she can definitely tell she's a bounty hunter. Sid agrees to find out who this bounty hunter is working for as long as Clone Force 99 completes a uh, mission for her uh, to retrieve a child named Moochie who was held captive by some Zygerian slavers on the other side of the planet. Uh, so guys, before we move on, uh, what did you think of Omega receiving Crosshair's comms device? Um, and also our best look at the planet Ord Mantel. And of course, what did you think of Sid? Uh, Darcy, let's start with yourself. Oh, well, I thought it was pretty cool that uh, Omega got her own comm link there. I, I mean, it seems like they were kind of sad to part with it or you know, admit that Crosshair doesn't need it anymore. Kind of yeah. said that through gritted teeth, it seemed. Uh, but it also kind of like goes back to the last episode where Omega got separated and they couldn't find her or you know talk to her and stuff like that. So clearly, like they're like, we need to give her this so that if something happens, we can get in touch with her. So you can kind of see that they're slowly learning like we need to keep an eye on her because she's, you know, a curious little uh, girl, basically. And Yeah, they gave her a cell phone. Yeah. They gave her yeah, a cell they, phone. They, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's actually a great way to put it. <laughs> but, it's, yeah. but that's kind of cute. That's kind of cute because, like, You've, yeah, they you got to keep track of her. She's a child, right? Like, you sure. Know. <laughs> but we, we we talked about last week how like a bunch of these these soldiers, a bunch of these guys, don't know how to take care of this little kid, and so you know what do they do? They give her a cell phone. <laughs> like they're like, yeah, no, exactly. they're like, if you're ever in trouble, you know, we're used to this military way of communication. So here you go, kid. I don't know. I, I thought it was really cute. Mm -hmm. no, it was. It definitely was. It definitely was a very a very cute moment. And and obviously, as as we pointed out, it's it's their way of showing a sign of caring for her. You know. It, it, you know, there's these layers throughout all of these episodes where they're bringing her closer and closer to not necessarily replace, but like they they're looking out for her. They're looking after her. Uh, it's interesting, though, that she is getting uh, crosshairs. I wonder if that's going to come back in some way uh, in terms of like maybe that's how he tracks her or gets her or something like that. Uh, who knows? Right. So, yeah, I definitely um, don't think he's he's gone. I don't think her getting the comms no. devices them replacing him and Darcy no. I know you mentioned uh there's no way Hunter would be okay with that right no no no, no of no. course not yeah yeah no this is more just so like the using his gear whereas in the last episode they seem to be very cautious of opening his own his box or like going into his things so like they're moving forward in that sense they're like his stuff can still serve a purpose until we get him back I guess uh, right cool yeah yeah 
as for Ord Mantell, uh, any any thoughts on Ord Mantell? I mean, it's it's gotten a mention before in Empire. It's gotten a lot of love in the comics. It's been in the game Shadow of the Empire. Um, I thought it was it had a really cool like dark city vibe on one side of the planet, but then also um, when we get over to the Zygerians, it was very like deserty and had ancient ruins. Uh, Darcy, what's your what's your familiarity with Ord Mantell? Uh, I get like you said. I've heard I've, it's in the comics. I've I read frequently uh, and stuff like that. It's uh, in passing, so I yeah. don't. I'm not as familiar as as most would be. Uh, the one thing I did take away from uh, the Zygerian side, though, is that uh, little reptile guy is basically straight from Super, Super Mario Odyssey, gliding from the tower and stuff like that. Straight, <laughs> sure. straight out of Super Mario. It's the same creature. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We'll get that's, to that. I, for that's sure. the only thing I could think about the entire time, but. Uh, I know. I thought it was really cool. Again, like I said, dual, like split. Like you got your city where there's clearly a gritty undertone to it, and then you have your wild desert scape side. So it was very cool juxtaposition between the two sides. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're not. We're. Not, I mean, we're. You know, we see uh, places like Coruscant uh, that felt very much like the beginning of the episode, and then Tatooine, hundred percent, felt yeah. like the end of the episode. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Justin, yeah. what did you think of uh, of of uh, Ord Mantell? I, 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 the planet itself, like to your point, it, it has, it has two sides to it. It has that Coruscant and it has that Tatooine, but, uh, you know, did we get to see enough of it to really kind of create it? They just painted that planet to look familiar to what we're already used to, but also gave it its sure. own sort of look. Like I like the sort of, when we get into the, the deserty part that there's more of like an ancient runes, it felt like more like Egypt or, or something like that. Right. Rather than just necessarily like vast deserts of Tunisia. Right. Like it has, it has a, a different, a different vibe to it. So, uh, mm. I don't know they it, they at least did some, some sort of thoughtful design to it. Uh, but again, yeah. it serves as this very interesting, uh, backdrop to this, you know, as as Darcy has described, and you guys are describing, it's a, it's a fun story, right? So, sure. and then you know, speaking of fun, what did you guys think of uh, Sid? You know, Sid voiced by uh, Rhea Perlman, uh, who older fans might recognize as Carla Tortelli uh, in the sitcom Cheers. Um, you know, I know for me, I was a little bit worried at first because I I got a lot of vibes of Amy Sedaris, uh, who you know plays a character that I didn't really vibe with on The Mandalorian named Peli Motto. I didn't I didn't really like her character. I thought she was a little out of place. But honestly, I think the voice really worked for for this character because you know even though she's she's technically an informant, she also runs a bar, which is so fitting for a character from Cheers. Uh, yeah. Who runs the bar on Cheers? So I just yeah, thought yeah. that was super cool. What did you guys think of of Sid? I, I think that that was purposely done for the exact reason that you pointed out. Um, right. I also think though that like the vibe that you got from Rhea Perlman and Amy Sedaris, yeah, I was getting those vibes like like crazy. Right? Like they felt yeah. they felt the exact like almost the same. I was like, is it the same person? I'm like, no, there's right? no way they would have done yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Darcy, what are your, what are your thoughts on Sid? I thought I thought it was a fun character. I mean, uh, clearly the Clone Wars is not shy of casting comedians in the role of these aliens, uh, and sure. no. they're all yeah. knocking it out of the park in my book because they all fit the alien they're playing. Again, like you know, it's just like, like again, you said the her voice is so unique and and different that it just it worked for an alien species. It's just like you know, I can buy that weird looking thing to talk like that because you know it's an alien. <laughs> I, what else would it talk like? For sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. right. And I also, you know, I love I love seeing more um, gender variety in Star Wars. Like, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Darcy, but is this the first time we're seeing a female Trandoshan? Because I don't believe we've seen that before. 
I we may have seen one or two in comics, but you know, I yeah. don't think they've ever had a speaking role. So that's a right? big step. Yeah. It's huge. And it's yeah. just cool because it's again, it's another it's a very little touch, but it's a little touch that this this, you know, Dave Filoni and this series is kind of adding to the Star Wars lore. And now, you know, if if you want to grow up to be a, a Trandoshan and you're a woman, you totally can. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> very cool. Um, cool. Okay. Are we ready to move to the next half of the episode? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So then in the second half of the episode, we see Clone Force 99 on their way to the other side of the planet. And Hunter recognizes that Wrecker is still in pain from his ongoing headache. Uh, Wrecker shrugs it off, saying it's nothing. After explaining slavers to Omega, the crew lands and Hunter informs an eager Omega that she has to actually stay behind. They sneak up on the Zygerians, but are thwarted by a Brezak, uh, who's that flying dragon thing that you were talking about earlier, Darcy, who knocks Echo uh, and they get they all get caught. Uh, back on the Marauder, Omega hides with Gonki, which is the best <laughs> name for that droid, um, as two Zygerians inspect the ship. She manages to evade them and get back to the rest of Clone Force 99 and sneaks up to them while unlocking a cage with a large beast inside. She's caught as well, but it's too late, and the beast has already been freed, distracting the Zygerians while the Bad Batch rescue the other slaves and discover that their target, Moochie, is actually an adolescent Rancor. Uh, after a brief conflict, they manage to take out the Zygerians. Uh, Omega gets a cool new bow weapon, and Wrecker, after taking even more blows to the head, manages to tire out Moochie in a fistfight, uh, and they successfully return her to Sid. Sid is paid by none other than Jabba's right-hand man, Bib Fortuna, uh, and after saying their goodbyes to Moochie, Sid pays Hunter, Hunter his 30% cut and informs him that the bounty hunter chasing them is Fennec Shand. She tells him that they must be pretty valuable if they have a hunter like Fennec on their heels, and after Hunter glares at her, she tells him not to worry and that she's pretty good at keeping secrets. Okay, so guys, a few questions here for us to contemplate. Uh, number one. What did you think of the battle against the Zygerians, the, the whole Moochie thing, uh, Moochie and the connection to Jabba, uh, as well as Omega's new light bow weapon? Justin. Uh, let's start with Moochie for a second here. Is this the, the, the Rancor that we would inevitably see die in Jedi? Like, that's what <laughs> I was thinking. So I have two ways of saying, uh, going about this. Uh, no is the first answer. Uh, I was a big fan of Chuck Wendig's Aftermath series. And in that series, we, we get to see uh, the Rancor Tamer again. And uh, in his re uh, reappearance through Cobb Vance, uh, also introduction in the series, uh, okay. you hear that the Rancor's name that uh, we saw Luke kill was Partisa, I believe. I think, yeah, Partisa uh, or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, something oh, okay. like that. It was something along those lines. And, he, and it's a he male. Felt great Yes, and he felt great uh, remorse for ha having failed the Rancor, apparently. So I thought that was very interesting uh, that they decided to introduce another Rancor. So this has me thinking if, uh, along the lines of maybe they're changing, uh, maybe doing a bit of retconning. So this could be the one that Luke kills because, I mean, Cobb Vanth from the same series has had his backstory uh, revamped True. Uh, in the Mandalorian. So, you know, it, yeah. it's maybe we take the Aftermath series with the grain of salt now, but... Uh, it could also be that this is just a, ra a little Rancor playmate for uh, Patissa, who was apparently yeah. acquired in 32 uh, BBY. So what would that be? Because I'm trying to figure it out because I've, I've also seen theories on the Internet uh, that Moochie might be Patissa's mom uh, by chance. Is that does that timeline not work out? 
no, because at this point, we're, yeah, we're again, we're still only like maybe 18, uh, 18 years, probably, give or take, uh, before right. the Battle of Yavin, which is that their measuring point. And so yeah. Patisa was apparently born in 32 or brought to Jabba, at least, in 32 uh, BBY uh, as a birthday gift from Bib Fortuna. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. So obviously, this is a thing that Bib Fortuna maybe does. Uh, quite yes. often, and, and you know, uh, Jabba it, seems like a very you know uh, illustrious uh, crime lord. Wants to have his own menagerie of beasts to feed sure. his wow. enemies to. Of course, you know that's menagerie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I really dug uh, Muchi in in the battle. I got a ton of Hulk vibes. Uh, especially at one point when she's using one of the Zygerians as a club against the other ones. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I loved how menacing they made that Brezak seem. Um, I got vibes of Game of Thrones, very dragon-esque, very Valyria, right. uh, yes, uh, in yes. including the area. Mm -hmm. um, and just how it sort of like gave that scream and then flew over them. I just, I, mm -hmm. I've never seen, because usually, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Darcy, but like those have really, Brezics have been used as like mounts before. Um, and, and so we haven't really seen them be menacing and, and scary like this before. No, like, I mean, clearly this is a mount as well, but we've always sure. seen them on like the side of, of, you know, the good guys. So they're being right. used as solely mounts and not being put in harm's way. Whereas this thing has clearly been raised to be a weapon in its own right. So it's, yeah. Throwing itself or it's, it's throwing its weight around seriously, and it would again led to a really cool fight between uh the two beasts there, yeah. And I mean, um, you know, speaking of of kind of getting into the battles, uh, obviously, we saw Omega, uh, you know, she was stuck on the ship, and then she she thankfully uh got off of it after hiding. Um, and you know, you saw her at one point pick up, didn't get a chance to use it in this episode, but pick up the Zygerian light bow. Um, I think it'll be really cool to, you know, have get her to have her own thing yeah. in combat, right? Because I think yeah. they all kind of have their own thing, and so maybe yeah. this will be her thing. Yeah, um, I, I yeah. agree. Mm. I think that that's exactly what kind of implies, is that we will yeah. see her use it. She, they'll teach her how to use it. Um, I'm sure Hunter will teach her, because, like, he's going to start to realize that if she knows how to use it, she's only going to be better. She did come through in, in this adventure, them out, so... For sure. Uh, I just thought that it was a cool little, almost like nod to the her connection to Hunter, and that she picked up the bow, which is right. you know traditionally uh, associated with hunters. That's like the early hunting yeah, that's weapon. True. That's, so that's I thought cool. it was a really cool little nod to that. So clearly, she's really going to want to want to follow in his footsteps, and like, and hopefully, she uh, flourishes with this weapon. And I, I just like the the Zygerian weapons overall, really cool. I like the you know the the raw energy based stuff. Seems very primitive. Uh, yeah. which is kind of weird to say when you're talking about, you know, these space stories. So it's always, it's, it's a fun twist to see like old technology and how it's uh, still just as deadly as the new stuff that the Bad Batch are using. Sure. But I mean, you've got, you've got the best light weapon of them all that is very primitive, a, a light sword, a lightsaber. Uh, and so I think that's, that's kind of fitting for this universe. But I also wanted to uh, just quickly mention, um, you know, Sid, I think in this episode at the end, you know, she talked, she asked them, uh, she says that, you know, if you if you need any more jobs, like keep keep in touch. Uh, do we think that the Bad Batch is going to get more maybe side mission jobs from uh, from Sid in the future? I, I think so. I think that that kind yeah. of implies that this is again, this isn't the end of seeing this character. And, and, and it makes me wonder if there's just a, they're seed planting, not just for like maybe more Bad Batch episodes and in this season, but like future. 
Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, are they establishing new characters in this galaxy and this in this timeline of Star Wars to help move a new series in, in a direction or at least establish some stuff? Because I guess everything is now an open book within the Star Wars universe. Sure. Uh, yeah. And well, it can show and it can show up anywhere, really, right? Well, we don't we don't know how long uh this series is going to be. I know we've we've thought about the rumors of there being a second season, uh, you know, more than just this season. Um, so, you know, you could totally see Sid being a character that would come back in a season two sure. and, and they would revisit for another side mission episode. You know, I think it would be really cool to see Sid as kind of like the M to the Bad Batch, you know, to throw a James Bond reference out there. Like, I, I think it'd be really cool if if they reach out to her and she's like kind of their eye in the sky. She gives them the missions. Um that's you a very know. good reference for someone who mm-hmm. hasn't seen James Bond. Right? Yeah, shut, <laughs> up, shut up, Justin, shut up. I've watched uh, James I Bond, I'm sure. I about that. doesn't seem like a James Bond fan over here. I'm, I've seen, I know enough to know who M is. But um, but no, I mean, listen, I don't really want more side missions or filler episodes, but at least, at least to contextualize them a little bit more uh, would be nice. And I think that Sid is a great way to do that. I also feel like even this connection to Sid might not necessarily lead to filler episodes. I mean, she's already got ties to, she's going to find, she knows who Fennec Shand is. She also has connections to the guild that she's mentioned right. that. Yeah. Uh, as well as the fact that, like, again, she knows Jabba and Bit Fortuna. Like, these are all major players in the Star Wars universe. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, somewhere down the line, if the Fennec Shand hunting leads to their meeting Jabba or something like that, like along those lines. Because again, Fennec also doesn't seem like she's a stranger to Jabba's palace when her and Boba return at the end of Mandalorian there. So For sure. it's, uh, it'd Good be cool if that's, yeah. set, if that's setting up again, something that will pay out later on in this season or potentially a later season, but I feel or like it's another- a major story. Even well, another, another series, series right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the yeah. book of Boba Fett, we get an old Sid. But that's be so that's what cool. I, that's what I was originally implying. It's that like yeah. Star Wars is now just an open book in, yeah. in all capacity. There's there's no closing anyone's door yeah. in this universe. And the reality is is that we were just introduced to Sid in this episode, but she might not show up in, in another future Bad Batch episode, as Darcy's pointing out. Maybe we see her yeah. somewhere else. And yeah. and who knows, right? So it's it's cool to see though that like at least there's significance or there at least there there might be just being more open with planting significance for characters as they move them forward in, in their stories. So very cool. Yeah. Uh all right. Well listen, um wrapping up our discussion on the plot, uh I think let's get to our, our final score. Uh, for this episode, we're going to be rating it on a scale of one to five adolescent rancors. Uh, Darcy, let's start with you. Your final thoughts. Uh, well, I, again, like I said, I really enjoyed this episode, uh, even though it was very filler. It felt very upbeat. It was a very fun adventure. A lot of it felt new while also, you know, doing those callbacks that we we Star Wars fans always nerd out over. Um, I also It also solved the question I've been wondering for a while, and that was how Echo put his helmet on considering the implant in the back. So seeing it open up and then clicking around, it's like, oh, okay, now I get it. That makes sense. Science, yes. 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 But like, Candy, couldn't he just get shot in the back of the head and then he's done? Uh, I mean, maybe not done. He probably would be a bit slower and maybe not function <laughs> maybe. correctly. But yeah, I, I, yeah. No, just seeing that was, uh, you know, it's like, okay, cool. Great. Now, I, now I understand. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I enjoyed the episode overall. Uh, I'll probably give it a, a solid four, four uh, out of five uh, adult adolescent rancors. So, nice. yeah, I enjoyed it. Very cool. Justin. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I think back to the scores that I've already given. And I definitely gave episode two a higher score than it should have gotten. 
And I feel like this episode <laughs> is more aligned to something like that. And it's mm. about a, th- a three. I would say that both of those episodes, episodes two and this episode, episode five, were both a solid three. Everything cool. after that, like uh, with episode three and four, definitely hits hits that 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 mark in terms of, as you were mentioning, Nate, like sort of like filler yeah. with something that just kind of is kind of new to it. I, I especially like last week's episode because it, it kind of expanded and raised some questions. This one was more about delivering uh, an answer to a question for the Bad Batch. For uh, the characters themselves. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which we already knew. It just, it didn't, it didn't shed any more light other than sure. you should, now they know what we already <laughs> knew. So, sure, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things. So for that reason, like I, I feel like the episode was fun, but it just, again, it, not like last week's episode, it didn't move too much forward other than, you know, seeing some small character development. I think this is the big thing for, for Nate. Cause I know, I know you like this episode far more than last week's episode. And yeah. there was, well, there's, I wouldn't say far more, but I liked it more. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. liked it more, but like, I think that the, the reality is, is that we saw some pretty interesting, small little callbacks and things that tie together while also just seeing some really interesting character moments, especially with Omega being able to pick up that weapon and, and see her be independent and try to, you know, spring them, if, you know, rather the other way around of, of them trying to spring, yes. you know, you know how they were, they went yeah, in, yeah. right? So For it's sure. just the irony of it. So there's, there's definitely things to applaud. So yeah, a hundred percent, three out of five adolescent rancors uh, for this episode. Cool. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I I did enjoy this episode, and I enjoyed it more than last week's. I I like the character of Sid, uh, and you know, while I wasn't necessarily okay with them stalling the main plot yet again, uh, I did enjoy the context for why they had to do that, and and I, I liked. You know, seeing more Star Wars blended together again, seeing Bib Fortuna uh, or, for instance, uh, the Zygerians, who are mostly known from the Clone Wars series, and then Rancors, uh, who are mostly known from the original trilogy, kind of on the same screen together. I thought that was uh, really, really cool. And I, I just I love when this series kind of blends all of Star Wars together. Uh, I enjoyed Omega being cute throughout this episode, uh, and I'm intrigued to see now uh, that she's seemingly able to handle herself in battle. Uh, that she has a new cool weapon. Uh, I'm really interested to see how they're going to utilize her in future conflicts. Um, yeah, I th- again, I think this episode was better than the last one, but um, it's still not reaching the heights of some of the best episodes of the series. So because of all of that stuff and everything we've discussed so far, uh, I'm going to give this episode a solid three and a half adolescent rancors out of five, coming right between you two batches. Nice. Uh, speaking of batches... Um, we are not going to be doing our uh, what's going to happen batch episode just because you know what Justin it totally called it um, the characters learned more uh, and have more questions now than we did in this episode uh, from last week so we're going to save that segment for next week's episode um, good call but yeah that, you know, good call do you think it's a good call okay cool yeah, awesome. we've been speculating as we talked anyway so I mean, we've got <laughs> much. some minor predictions yeah. earlier on so there, there we, we go. go cool all right. Well, uh, listen, um, that is it for the fifth episode of Watch Club for Star Wars The Bad Batch. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Watch Club. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions uh, for the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, you don't have to get punched in the head by a baby rancor. Instead, Justin, <laughs> can you let our listeners know how to reach us? Why, of course. They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's we are geekcentric at gmail.com. 
Car. When you like falling down. Car. <laughs> Keep in mind, we do have our standard episodes of the Geek Centric Podcast with our latest episode out now where we share our thoughts on that new Eternals trailer and we give our review of Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Darcy, did you get a chance to watch uh, either of those things? Uh, I watched Eternals trailer. Uh, d- different than anything else I've seen from the Marvel's universe. Didn't really feel That's like a exactly superhero it. movie or trailer for me, but uh, yeah. well, I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. Uh, Very cool. I'm excited for Black Knight. That's my, my main excitement of the whole if uh, he's in it, there. If he's in it, if he's in we it. We saw though, him. Like... We saw him in the trailer. So hopefully it's more than just that. <laughs> Army of the Dead. Uh, I have plans to watch it, but it needs to be very bright out and in a well lit room because I do not well do well with zombies or scary things. So. It's not I that will, scary. It's dude. not that scary. Yeah, dude. you're yeah, okay. No, it's that's why I a, think I'll be fine. Then again, yeah. Shaun of the Dead scared me. So mm, <laughs> we'll Shaun see. of the Dead is scarier. It was scarier <laughs> than than this. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I'm working up the courage. Again, I'm in a very well lit room right now, so maybe maybe tomorrow afternoon I'll decide to do that. <laughs> you got it. You got it. And then give a give a listen to our podcast, just like all of our wonderful listeners. Uh, we'll, hopefully, we'll do as well. Justin Darcy, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say, good, good soldiers, soldiers follow, follow orders. orders.